WMEX Quincy Boston. Streaming at WMEXBoston.com. And on your smart speaker, just say play WMEX. The greatest hits of all time are back. This is the all-new WMEX. WMEX Boston. Gloves off hockey here on 1510 WMEX with Mike Milbury. After fighting and coaching his way through a storied 47-year professional hockey career, Mike Milbury's gloves are again dropping to the ice for his next chapter as a radio host talking about the NHL, the Boston Bruins, and the hockey world. Streaming online at WMEXBoston.com and proudly presented to you by Fuse CBD and AMS Practice Management. Here's your host, Mike Milbury. Thank you, Ben. Another another day, another game for the Bruins. I want to take a quick snapshot backwards where they are, where they started from. Game one, Washington. Bruins are banged up. Washington's banged up. No Backstrom, no Wilson. And they're getting kind of old. Bruins jump out to a three-goal lead and let the Caps right back in it with a couple against. But they finish it off. Okay, I like the start. It's a win. That counts. Arizona opens the season for the Bruins at home. More goals. Hallelujah. They've scored at least five goals in every game. You can't be unhappy about that. They jumped out to a 3-1 lead, and then they blow it. See, start of a pattern here. It was This time it was Pavel Zaka's pass to Shane Gostabere for a breakaway goal that tied it up. But the Bruins get three more in the third. They win it. Home openers are always nice to put two points in the bank, and oh, yeah. everybody goes home happy. Game three, they play in Florida. President's Trophy winners last year. Bruins again take the lead and push it to 4-1, and then they implode. All of a sudden, bang, bang, it's 4-3 with time on the clock. Fortunately, Jake DeBrus gets an open netter, seals the deal. It's a win. Put points in the bank while your big guys are out of the lineup. Make sure you do it when you have a vulnerable opponent. They were playing without Montour, and they were playing without Ekblad halfway through the second period. So they get the job done. But there was a little bit of concern in my mind that it was sloppy. So they play Ottawa. This is the third game in four nights. Ottawa's home opener. I'm, I'm dealing with all the excuses again. Um, top ten defensemen are out. Uh, this was ugly, ugly, ugly from the start. An early goal sets the tone. It was sloppy, undisciplined. They give up a 3 nothing lead, and credit them. They come roaring back, and they tie it up at 3-3, and then they crumble again with really undisciplined, lousy mistakes, mental errors, and it's all of a sudden 6-3. And yet again, they crawl back to within one at 6-5 in the third period before... Artem Zub went one versus three Bruins and the goaltender and beat all four of them for the breathing room that they needed. But this, to me, was a game you have to learn from. So what have we learned? They're better offensively, as we mentioned, five-plus goals a game on average. Olmark has outplayed Swayman in goal. That's been pretty clear in the, the first four games. McAvoy and Carlo can't get back soon enough. You know, Zaboral is troubling. And so is Riley. They will get Greslick back tonight. We'll talk more about that later. Um, what we've learned here is the coach has been able to get his defense involved in the play offensively, and he's let some let them loose offensively. But it's come at the expense of 
simple grunt work in their own zone. I mean, here are the rules I would have set in place at a meeting yesterday, which he did have. <laughs> I don't think he had. But if you're going to forecheck, forecheck hard, finish your check. But if you can't get there in time to pressure somebody, fall back into a defensive posture. Make it easy on yourself. Make it easy on the defenseman. Number two, once you identify your back check, if you're a forward, you stay with them. You don't chase the puck. Do you hear me, A.J. Greer, Zaka? You got to learn that lesson. It's, it's 101 hockey. And if the defense pinches, a forward has to go and fall in behind him and cover, cover his position while he moves ahead. That's, again, the simplest, most basic of rules. In defense, your pair is hinged. If one is in the corner and one's in front of the net, and then they, they switch the puck from corner to corner, then there has to be a rotation. The corner man goes to the front of the net. The man in front of the net goes to the corner. It's pretty simple. But that didn't happen. That wasn't happening at all. And lastly, communicate. Make sure you communicate with each other on the ice. Don't see much of that anymore. It's just it's much easier to get the job done when you're communicating. But it's up to the coach, absolutely, to make sure that he he's going to teach these rules or similar rules and enforce them because not to do that is an invitation to fail. Discipline with consequences is what it has to be. The D zone is the coach's zone. He's got to own it, and they've got to live up to his expectations and his rules. So four games in, three and one, not so bad in terms of record overall, although, you know, and you got to give Ottawa credit, by the way. Ottawa came hard after a while. Home opener after a disappointing start on the road. Uh, but they, they made it tough on the Bruins, and the Bruins made it tough on themselves. So after four games – Forwards in the plus column, I've got DeBrusque, Bergeron, Pasternak, OK, Krejci, Greer, Nosek, and Felino. He's got a couple goals. He's worked hard. He's, he is what he is, right? Absolutely. Concerns, Zaka, Smith. I don't know if he looks like he won't be in the lineup again tonight. Frederick hasn't really impressed me. And Taylor Hall, he got dinged up just before the start of the regular season, but Scored a goal in his first game, and then, you know, I just haven't seen him. Right. I mean, this is a, a former MVP that should be an impact player, but right now his impact is has been minimal. On defense, you got to give a plus to Forbert. You've got to give a plus to Lindholm, although he fell off a little bit, I thought, against Ottawa. He did, no, noticeably. Defense, Clifton is okay. He's been okay. He's had some moments, but he's he is what he is, I think. But I have concerns, and they're big concerns with Riley, with Borrell, and Strawman. Strong, I mean, cut him some slack. Visa issues, he hasn't really, I don't know what he's been up to, or if he's practicing regularly with the team, but he just looked lost. And Borrell looks like he's going to get pushed off the puck whenever he has to go mano a mano. I've seen that far too often, and Riley looks great when he's got the puck. When he's carrying the puck up ice or when he's trying to join the rush, he looks great. But when, he, when he's trying to read plays in his own zone, that's a problem. And, and we saw seven goals against in the last game. Red lights have to be flashing. Grizzlick comes back tonight. Who goes out? That's either Zborrell or, I think, or O'Reilly, one or the other. Take your pick. Either way, it's an upgrade with Grizzlick coming back and, and coming back a whole month early. In goal, 
Olmark, you got to give solid points to. He's been a good competitor. Looks like, as I mentioned in the last couple of shows, I thought he was the best that I've seen him in the time since he's been at Boston. Really focused, good glove hand, timely big saves. You know, kudos to him when everybody was talking, well, Swayman's going to be the one guy, number one guy eventually. We all know that. It's just a matter of time. In the meantime, we can buy some time with a rotation of Allmark and Swayman. And Allmark's made a bid to say, hey, I should be the guy. And early on, it is it is early on, and Swayman has looked shaky, particularly in the early going of the game against Ottawa where they uh, – you know, where they really could have used a save. You three, know. three down real quick. Real quick, and two five-hole goals. And, you know, th- those happen, but, you know, still, you're the goaltender. You're the last line of defense, and if you don't make the save, everybody looks in the mirror and says, what did I do wrong? Everybody's, everybody's on the ice, gets a minus. Everybody on the bench gets depressed. And so that's my look right back at the first few games of the season, and uh, I'm looking for improvements defensively, mental awareness, all the other stuff is easy. I mean, it's not easy. Scoring goals is the toughest part of the game. This stuff is easy. Playing your position with discipline and just reading a play and reacting to it, knowing that you've you've had this experience all your life. I don't care where you came from, the Czech Republic or, or what do they call it now, Czechia, whatever, whatever it is, uh, Sweden. Finland, that you know, you have a defensive responsibility. They know all about these rules, but they've just—I don't know—the excitement of getting free reign has let them loose, and they've forgotten how to play in their own zone. We all know that come April, if you haven't battened down the hatches, if you haven't made sure you've crossed the T's and dotted the I's in the defensive zone, you're not going to go anywhere near the promised land. It's true. I did find a uh, lineup uh, per Fluto Shinzawa from this afternoon for the uh, lineup for tonight. This looks to be about as accurate as I've found. Uh, that first line, you've got Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak. Second line is going to be Zaka on the left wing, Berge, and DeBrusque on the right. Third line, Trent Frederick still in there. Jack Stadnika will be centering. Charlie Coyle on the right. Fourth line is going to be Felino, Nosek, and Greer. And then as far as defense... Lindholm and Riley, a pair one. Forbert and Clifton, pair two. Grizzlick slides into that left D spot alongside Jacob Zaboral. Ooh, and who sits? Strawman. Yeah, it looks like Strawman's the one sitting on this one. Yeah, I don't see him out here. Interesting. Yeah, that's I mean, very interesting. Now, I mean, I would have, I would have thought it would have been Zaboral or, or Riley, but. That was also 12-15 this afternoon. Things could have changed since then, but that was the last check-in that I could find. And we are going to take that first break, Mike. This is as good an opportunity as ever. Right here on Gloves Off Hockey, 1510 WMEX, proudly being brought to you by AMS Practice Management. Give them a call or find more information online, whether you're looking for employees or looking for a new career start on a path that matters to you, amsmanagements.com. Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury here on 1510 WMEX. Streaming online at WMEXBoston.com. Back to your host, Mike Milbury. All right, Ben. You know we're looking forward to a game at 7 o'clock with Anaheim in town on a long road trip trying to do some damage in Boston. By the way, they have had 
remarkably good luck against the Bruins. They've, they've had points in eight of the last ten matches against Boston. You wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that. No, that's and a record they, book they won sure. both games last year against the Bruins. But there was some other stuff going around the, the league last night. Why don't we get everybody caught up on that? Yeah, we only had three games on the docket last night. Let's start with the big one. Coach Tortorella would lead the Philadelphia Flyers down to Sunrise, Florida, and the Panthers would take that one 4-3 to three in regulation. Yeah, but give the Flyers credit. A back-to-back game in Florida against two quality teams in Tampa. They, they won in Tampa, and they, uh, they were down a pair and came roaring back to tie this game up. So, you know, something good is beginning to happen for Philadelphia. And, 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 it, and you can't not talk Philadelphia here without talking A, Tortorella, and B, Carter Hart, who was uh, starting to look like the prospect that they once had him, the, the, the guy that was going to be the, the answer to their goaltending woes of the last 20 or so years. But um, that's the good news. So something's, it's, it's a team to watch, at least at this point. It absolutely is. And otherwise, on the docket, we'll go right to the big game, the Jets and the Avalanche at Colorado, and they take it 4-3 in OT. Yeah, Neil Pionk scores the goal in overtime. And, you know, this is interesting. I thought they're doing this without Rick Bonus, who was named the head coach, but unfortunately diagnosed with COVID. And he's had to sit out the beginning of his tenure in, in, uh, in Winnipeg. Not a, not a good way to start, but his team has done pretty well without him. So I guess he can feel good about that. Absolutely. No doubt about that one. And then, of course, the only other game on the docket last night, out to Seattle. The Blues would visit the Kraken and take that one as well, 4-3 to three in OT. Yeah, well, Seattle's still got a lot of work to do. St. Louis looks like they're starting to, you know, figure out things. I really like Craig Berube as a coach. He's got a combination of, of persona that, that can be tough, and can be kind of understanding. He's he's really one. He was one of my favorite players to have on on my roster when we were in Long Island. He was just a, a solid citizen, tough as nails, and uh, he, I'm I'm really happy for him that he's done so well in St. Louis. He he's earned it. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I did want to take note of last night, and folks, you can check this on the highlight reel if you'd like, but. Uh, Ivan Barbashev absolutely ran Shane Wright right along the boards. Clean hit, good play, just uh, far more physical than I think Shane Wright expected going into that corner in that particular play. Uh, the hometown faithful sure didn't like it, but the Blues bench loved it. Yeah, I'm sure they did. And uh, that's what you're going to get from a team coached by Craig Berube. Well, that's yesterday. Today we got a few other games going on, as Arizona-Montreal I'm not going to talk about. Dallas-Toronto, well, Sheldon Keefe had some nasty words for his team after they lost their last outing and uh, said some things immediately after the game. I don't think he really named any names, but just talked about his big players not playing in rhythm. The following day, he apologized to his team and went around to talk to them. I guess he just... I don't know, you know. Did he bring a box of ice cream sandwiches, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Dallas is playing very well. Toronto hasn't really got its traction. I, I, I guess we're going to see – I would guess we're going to see Sam Sonoff in goal um, now that Matt Murray's out for an extended period of time with an injury. Um, but he's going to have to ride a lot of hockey games here and get Toronto back on track. So that's one to look, look for tonight. And Los Angeles is at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh – 
had a couple of six-goal games in their favor to start the season and then blew a game to Montreal at the Forum. L.A. continues to impress with an up-tempo game. I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to watching what they do against a team like Pittsburgh to see how far they have, in fact, progressed. Pittsburgh kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bruins. Got some great players, but they're just uh, their best players are starting to inch towards being maybe just a little older than you'd like, and you wonder how much they have in the tank. So that's a good one to watch. If I recall correctly, too, it's uh, Malkin, Latang, and Crosby are the three oldest players to play together consecutively in league history. I think I saw that one at the uh, end of last season, but impressive nonetheless. A yeah. handful of games still to go. We'll talk more about it as we come back around the league here, but uh, what do you think, Mike? It's 623. We have a caller on the line. All right, let it rip. Love to get him going here. It's Joe from out in Plymouth. Joe, can you hear me? I can. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me on. At- it's very great uh, listening to you talk hockey tonight. Great to have hockey season back again uh, and let the stars come out. And, you know, it's fun watching this sport. I want My question to you, though, Mike, is do you still get in touch with some of the guys from the 70s and the 80s, the old guys? And um, do you um, feel that the game has changed a little bit since then? Oh, man, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a, a totally different animal. Um, obviously, it's less physical. Obviously, there's more skill in the game. Uh, it's it's a faster game. Um, it's entertaining, but you know I, I miss some of the physicality of it. I do miss the fighting, although I get it. The concussion the concussion syndrome has raised its ugly head, yeah, and we have don't. to deal with it. You have to start making sure players are safe, and they they leave the game with their marbles intact. Well, I'm glad you said that. You got to protect these young kids and these players. They're so young. You don't want them doing silly things. They are so talented to watch, you know, and uh, I think the refs are doing a good job keeping that chippiness out of it and the hooking and the holding and letting their skills. But certainly those you guys got the wrong guy if you're asking. You're, you got the wrong guy if you're asking me to praise the referees. <laughs> that just <laughs> ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's a hard job. We know that. It um, is. It sure is. It's great having you uh, talking hockey tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm having fun uh, outside get the grill going in a fire pit and get ready for the game. So Great. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. There it is, Joe, out in Plymouth there. Thank you very much for the call. Folks, if you want to call in, that number is 781-834-9639. We do have some open lines if you have a question or two for Mike. And we'll continue to take a look around the league tonight. Plenty more games on the docket here, Mike. And Yeah, uh, there are. And the one I'm looking at is going to be uh, the return of David Quinn to his old home in New York, in Manhattan. Ooh. Quinn obviously uh, was let go by the Rangers a bit ago. Now he's with the 0-5 San Jose Sharks, and the Rangers are just flying right now. They look sensational. They're deep. They've got a solid defense. They've got a great goaltender. Uh, I think that's a that's a team that's, that's not only fun to watch, but keep your eye on them to – to come out of the conference. I think they're going to be, I think they'll make the conference final for sure, barring any injury. And then you always have to say that, qualify that. But I like the Rangers and I, I, you know, I'm sure David will get a nice round of applause from the, those friendly Madison Square Garden fans. (laughs) But once they drop the puck, all bets are off. So that's one to keep an eye on. Washington goes to Ottawa. Washington still banged up a little bit. 
I'm going to be curious to see if Ottawa can maintain the pace that they played with against Boston, uh, against a team, as we mentioned before, Washington a bit older now, also a bit banged up. I think I'm going to be curious to see if Ottawa has really made enough strides to make a push to stay in playoff contention. Uh, they, they really they impressed me. Stutzel was very good the other night. I thought Norris was very good. Guys that I haven't really paid because they've been so near the bottom of the league, you know, so you're not anxious to turn on an Ottawa Senators game. But now I'm, it's got my attention. So we'll keep an eye on that one. And the Islanders got off to a shaky start, and they host the Devils, and Devils are on the come a little bit. Islanders trying to rebound from a playoff less a year. And, uh, you know, they made a couple of strides with wins in the last couple of games. And, you know, we'll see how those two teams progress. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And I just love how different the whole league seems considering the end of last season. We talked about it in previous episodes, but the whole league just got a whole fresh face. And it just seems like this is going to be going in a great direction. Well, it does because you have to do that with salary cap stuff. You're you're constantly turning over salary to make way for a younger and cheaper player. And while we're still on these games, there's one that really should be worthy of people's attention is Carolina at Edmonton. Edmonton stumbled a little bit coming out of the gate. They haven't been as 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 explosive or winning as much as they thought they would. And Carolina at 3-0, and most people have them near the top of the Eastern Conference as well. Uh, they haven't been beaten, so that's a, that's a good one to keep our eye on. Absolutely, and that, I'm, I'm especially – I was looking forward to that one before you called it out, but now that I know you're looking at it too, I'm really excited about this yeah, one. Yeah, but – well, time for another break here, Ben. Sure, why not? We'll go a moment early here. When we come back, we'll take a look at the rosters for tonight, see some returning friends and some familiar faces as Hampus Lindholm with the Bees and some other folks with the Anaheim Ducks make their way into town. 7 o'clock puck drop tonight. You're listening to Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, proudly brought to you by AMS Practice Management, LLC. Oh. We're back to Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury, your host here on 1510 WMEX. Thank you, Ben. I know you had some rosters you want to look at. Well, give me a minute to do this. We were talking uh, in the past about Eastern Conference teams. I wanted to give you a, a preview of some of the prominent Eastern Conference teams, and one of them should be Toronto. This is a really interesting organization. It's got an incredible history. Unfortunately, not much of it has been really good recently. They could sell out twice all, twice over in Toronto. They have 15,500 season tickets sold, and they keep a few thousand back for the public. And then they have a wait list that's anywhere from 10 to 30 years on the wait list. They have wow. thousands and thousands of people waiting to get in, and they're going to have to wait a long time because there's a 99.5% renewal rate of season ticket holders. Unbelievable. And this for a team that that has not won a Stanley Cup in half a century. I mean, that's the depth of their passion. And so I just wanted to take a peek at that franchise today and just because they stack up as a solid opponent. And the Bruins have played them recently in, in playoff outings. Brendan Shanahan, president, won a bunch of cups in Detroit. Won Olympic gold, won world championships. He's won everything, uh, but not in Toronto. When he first came in, he it was a scorched earth policy. He just got rid of just about everybody. And then he started to spend Maple Leaf dollars, and they have plenty of them. He gave Mike Babcock $50 million for an eight-year deal to coach the team. 
and Mike Babcock couldn't get it done. He brought in Lou Lamarillo as the general manager, his old general manager in New Jersey, and Lou couldn't get it done. Which I was shocked at, by the way, just for the record. Shocked that he bought him in or that he couldn't shocked get Shocked that he it couldn't done. get it done. Yeah. Honestly, I figured that would have been a shoe in Yeah, I, I do too. And then Kyle Dubas was hired to be the general manager. He was an assistant under Lou, but he's not really the hockey guy. I think he's more of an analytics kind of guy. But it seems that everybody thinks he's the best thing since bread and butter. But right now, he can't get it done. I mean, it's, they signed John Tavares to a massive contract, and they brought in Sheldon Keefe as their new coach. And we talked about the coach wasn't happy after their last outing. I wonder how he's going to feel down the line here as they run into some really tough stuff. But they spend freely. They are always at the cap. But I'm not sure they know how to handle it. Listen to this. Tavares makes $11 million. Matthews is at eleven five. Mitch Marner is at $11 million. Nylander is at $7 million. And Morgan Riley's at seven and a half. That's a lot of potatoes right there. That means they only have something like $34 million to sign 18 other players to their roster. Unbelievable. And that, that means they're, all of them, on an average, would be below below the average salary of an NHL player. So you got to be awfully good at finding young talent, and I, I don't think they have. Uh, so... They can score goals. Matthews, 60 goals last year. He was a plus one. Pretty hard to do, score 60 goals and just be a plus one. Nylander had 34 goals, and he was a minus player. Tavares had 76 points, minus player. And Mitch Marner had 35 goals and 97 points, and all he could do was be even. That tells me a story. Something's going on here defensively with this team. The rest of the Ford group is, yeah, you know, they're just sort of a mishmash, run of the mill. They score, and they're going to have a good power play. There isn't any doubt about that. But, you know, they got to find a way to put it together and play some defense and, and make it out of the first round. On defense, they got Morgan Riley. He's going to be on the ice for 25 minutes a game. He's a good player, he's Minimum. a solid player. TJ Brody, one of the old guys, and Mark Giordano. He's, Brody's 32, Giordano's 39. I mean, that's asking a lot for these guys to be in top four top four minutes, which is what they're going to do at this point, particularly with Jake Muzzin, one of their other regular top defensemen on long-term injured reserve. That kind of means there'll be a little extra pressure on Rasmus Sandin, who's got a little more responsibility as a young 22-year-old to, to step in and fill in some minutes. And that brings us to the goaltending. Now, this is – I just don't get it. The teams can't figure out the goalie is the most important position on the team. You'd think it, after all these years, I Mike. Mean, Matt Murray, who's constantly been injured over the last few years, hasn't found his groove since he left Pittsburgh. Uh, aging comes over as a free agent, and the hope in Toronto is that he will be their number one goaltender. I think it's a little bit much to ask for Matt Murray to be the number one goaltender after all this time, but... That was the intention. Unfortunately, he's out on long-term IR. So that's going to have the job fall to Ilya Samsonov, who came from the Caps and, you know, couldn't really get the job done with the Caps. Had a couple of, had a couple of surges, Samsonov did, but also had some off-ice issues I'm not too familiar with. But, you know, that's always 
something to get the antenna up when you see that, particularly with a goaltender. And his backup will be Eric Kalgren, Swedish goaltender with all 15 playoff games. And there's your problem. That's your problem. If you want to get out of the first round, find yourself a goaltender. You can't do it. And you can't do it when you have a defense that's not that steady. And they've they've overloaded their team with gifted players. And I don't even know what their, you know, no trade, no movement clauses are for all of those guys. I would assume that they would be rock solid, you know, no movement clauses for them. But um, for me, I mean, Nylander would have been a guy to unload at some point and, and get a defenseman that can play in your top four, top top pairing. I think, I think Nylander's a little overrated, but he'll get you some points, but he can also let you down. So that's a look at Toronto, and my projection for them is, sure, playoffs, no question about it. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I just don't think they've figured it out yet that the defensive side of the coin is essential to improving and advancing. I mean, all the teams that you've, you've seen over the years, like Tampa had to figure that out. They certainly needed to figure that out. Colorado figured it out. They, they, they weren't a defensive-minded team, but they knew how to check and get in right position. A few years before that, and you know, way back in my time, I remember Edmonton lost to the, the New York Islanders uh, at the first time they made it to the cup final. The, the Islanders had won four in a row. And they were walking by the Islanders' dressing room, and, and the Oilers saw the, all the Islanders not whooping and hollering, but putting bags of ice on all their bruises and banged-up faces. And, you know, they were clearly happy, but it, was, it took a lot. Tending you know? to the front line. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's what you, you have to learn just how tough it is. It's fun to score goals, easy to score goals. You know, Matthews probably gets 60 again this year. Let's see if Marner can get 40. That's not the whole goal here. You need, you need goals to win games, but there's more to it than that. And, and the, the ultimate objective is to win hockey games and progress towards the Stanley Cup. And they are stalled. And I don't think they're going to fire up the engine unless they make some, some significant moves. And I don't know that they're capable of right now. I'm, just, I'm looking at the cap-friendly stats for the Maple Leafs right now, and it's just projected cap space. Zero dollars. Like they spent every possible dime on this team. And I don't know, you look at it, like you said, Mike, it's one of these things where, all right, you guys got one more year to kind of figure this out. Of course, you got your meat and potato guys signed up for another two or three seasons, but got a lot of one year contracts left on this team. And then what? Yeah, yeah. It's a shuffle the deck time. And it, it's, it puts a ton of pressure, not only on the coach now, who's got to win somehow. I mean, they're kind of buddies. They've gone back a ways, and so the pressure falls on the coach to get the job done, and the general manager now. It's been, what, I think this is his fifth year, Kyle Dubas. I think you're right there, uh, And, you know, people in Toronto, we told you about the wait list, thousands and thousands, their depth of passion is hard to believe. They're going to be antsy. In fact, they were antsy in their last game against Arizona, when they couldn't get get things started, and the bluebirds started to, to no, yeah, they rained all right. They rained, and then and then Keith, the coach, took out his you know verbal barrage on his players, and then felt bad about it a couple of days later. It, it's a it's an organization that's you know Brian Burke was there. He couldn't get it done. Brian Burke had been successful in Anaheim, had won a cup, and and, and it's just 
there's so many balls to juggle in Toronto, and every fan on the street has the answer. Oh, everyone. The pressure is uh, the pressure is unlike anything. I, it's it's. I've never played there. I mean, I played there, but I haven't played for the Leafs. But Montreal and Toronto are the meccas of hockey in Canada, and Canada sport of choice is, is ice hockey. So, you know, when you're walking down the street in Toronto and Montreal, you better either have won the last game or have a hoodie on. It's just, it's <laughs> really a great way to I put mean, it. Actually. Just, I mean, it's a, it, it's fun to go there when you're a player playing against the Maple Leafs, uh, because of its rich history. And because you know, there's going to be intensity in the stands, you know, there's going to be attention on the, on the game. And, uh, yet, it works in reverse for a team that's not chugging along. And, and now that they've proven that they can score goals, they have to prove they can do something else, which is win rounds in the playoffs. And so far, it's a dud. Yeah, hardcore dud on that one. Of course, the second round continues to elude the Maple Leafs. But, hey, who knows? Everybody needs a hero and a villain, right? Well, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's kind of sad, too, that, that – that, well, Calgary has certainly bounced back, and Edmonton has bounced back. The Canadian teams have been, you know, not near a Stanley Cup in some time now. Montreal with Ken Hughes starting to make some strides. they got a long way to go. Toronto we just talked about. Winnipeg, I can't figure them out quite yet. They have some – They Helia Buck's been good early on. The goaltending has been – that's solid. Check that box off. So they have a chance to do some damage, but um, – I don't know if they have enough to get to the promised land. And, you know, you've got Calgary, which is now just completely retooled and looks like they're one of the elite teams in the league. I mean, how do you do that after Johnny Gaudreau leaves for Columbus? And I still shake my head. Every time I mention Johnny Gaudreau's <laughs> name, I still... Literally, I see why? him shake his head, folks. It's, it, why would you go to Columbus? But not that Columbus is a bad place. It's just, of all the places in the league, it's not... None of my top five or ten. Um, and so it looks like Brad Tree Living has done a remarkable job of making chicken salad out of something less than that. And sure and, and Vancouver now stumbling again. Bruce Boudreaux's magic from last year is, uh, seems to have worn off. They can't find a way to win a game. They blow leads all over the place. So uh, we'll see if he can get it straightened out. And he better get it straightened out. That's another place that's difficult on its on its players when things aren't going well yeah but they do have their players signed up for quite some time at least the majority of them of course Nazem oh, Kadri good news? <laughs> I mean hey oh, if Calgary you're, you're talking about I'm talking about, about yeah. Calgary yeah. yeah no I mean obviously Toronto we're talking about but you know Nazem Kadri signs a huge multi-year deal Huberto I mean I feel like especially the Flames organization after losing those two key pieces they were really down I mean I'm a Bruins fan first and foremost but I felt really bad for the Calgary Flames fans. And then it seemed, what, in a matter of a week, two weeks maybe, turned it right back around. They made some, what I like to call, retaliatory signings yeah. and trades. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And they went from being, oh, right back to, hey, all right, we got a shot again. Let's yeah. go. No, Huberto at the number one slot, Kadri at the number two slot. That's pretty good stuff right there. I mean, and your center ice position, one and two, you got to lock them up to be. You got to have that position rock solid, and they're pretty solid right now. Goaltending is good. I mean, they're this is all the way through the lineup. They have some. They have a good blend of veterans and youth, and the defense is solid enough to get the job done. And I'm a I'm a Markstrom fan. 
That was going to say. And Mark, so Mark Strim's your guy there. I was going to ask you your opinion on uh, former Bruin Daniel Vladar. I know he wasn't with us for an awful long time, but I would. I was curious to see what uh, what he was going to do with the. Well, I, I think a lot of people felt at the time of the Vladar trade that the Bruins, having Swayman and Vladar, could have stayed with that package and uh, certainly would have been a cheaper package than Olmark. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, you know, Vladar's. He's gone, not forgotten, but he's gone, and and uh, now it's it's up to our guys, not our guys, their guys, Omark and Swayman to figure out how this is going to play out. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if Omark can keep that consistency going. It's going to be interesting interesting to see if Swayman can find his way again. I, everybody tells me that he's just a solid citizen. I think he's going to be just fine. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take our final break of the evening. I know it's already 6.45, unbelievably so, here on WMEX. And thank you to all of our listeners streaming online at WMEXBoston.com. We will be right back here on Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury. Welcome back. Gloves Off Hockey with Mike Milbury live on WMEX. And we're talking Boston Bruins. We're talking hockey night in Boston, baby. Here's your host, Mike Milbury. Well, then, you've got some uh, up-to-date roster moves for us or lineup changes or whatever you got. Yes, uh, Fluto Shinzawa was nice enough to open him up about 10 minutes ago once again. And in the warm-ups, you saw Zaka, Bergeron, DeBrusque on that top unit. Hall, Krejci, Pasternak on the second. Frederick, Studnika, and Coyle. We saw that the same. Felino, Nosek, and Greer. And then on defense, I know Lindholm, Riley, Forbert, Clifton on the second pair. Grizzlick and Zaboral on that third with Allmark in net. E, Zaboral and Riley. I don't love it, but, you know. The good news, of course, is Matt Grizzlick is back in the lineup. Um, he's a month ahead of schedule from the shoulder surgery that he had. Um, I thought it would be Riley or Zaboral to take a seat, but certainly changes had to be made. It did look like Strawman was swimming upstream all night. I can't, I can't fault Jim Montgomery for pointing the finger at Strawman to take a seat. Or maybe, maybe the visa issue hasn't really been cleared up. He was cleared for play in Canada. Canada gave him a visa, but the United States, for whatever reason, <laughs> Hold on I, there, mean, cowboy. <laughs> I heard, I heard another radio guy talking about this. He said, we're letting thousands of people across the border every day. You know, we can't let this guy come in just and play guy. hockey. He's like just one guy. <laughs> He's been doing it for 16 years. But anyway, so maybe that's the reason why Strawman's not in the lineup. Cause I, I don't think he would have been the guy that I would have picked anyway. Yep. Anaheim, GM Pat Verbeek, and he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He sure does. Might be uh, time to rethink his coach. I've never been a fan of Dallas Eakins. He just kind of looks funny back there. He doesn't look like he's in control. He doesn't have the – like a coach that has some presence to him, you know, that can speak well and command the room. But, you know, they this is the fourth game of a five-game road trip. They lost all three of them. They had back-to-back. They lost to the Rangers and then took a bus, what, 45 minutes to the Meadowlands after the game? And the coach thought the team looked tired. 
in the New Jersey game. Yikes. Give me a break. Yikes. Come on. It's five, <laughs> it's five games into the season. You know, the travel hasn't been bad. You know, and if they are tired, then you better look in the mirror because they should have been in better shape to start the season, particularly knowing that you're going on the road for five games. Absolutely. But, I mean, the bus ride, is that really going to tire you out going from Manhattan to – No. It's a long, tuckered ride, I know. Just, I mean, don't don't reach for the excuse bag just yet. I mean, <laughs> So, for whatever reason, and I think we mentioned this before, too, that the, the Bruins were swept last year by Anaheim, and, have, and Anaheim has points in eight of ten games. So, that's over the last five years. You know, up front, they do have some ability to score. Trevor Zegras, you know, he of the trick pass from behind the net. Remember that from last year? He just oh, flipped it over the net. It's the highlight of the year, yeah. man. <laughs> um, he was second on the team with 61 points. He's just 21 years old. Fun to watch. Good player to, Good player who certainly you would hope would be productive. Mason McTavish, 19, number three pick in 2021. He's expected to play a larger role. Uh, it's pretty clear. Max Comtois, he, he, he had a 16-goal season a couple of years ago, fell well, well off the pace last year, needs to revive it. Isaac Lindstrom, 23, expected to play a bigger role along with Pavel Regenda, 6'4", 23 years old. Ooh, that's a big boy right there. And it's a, a lot of young, young people in the lineup. They do have some veterans. Ryan Strom and Frank Petrano, who we all know from Former his Brown, time here. Yeah. Jacob Silferberg and Adam Hem- Henrique give a little – Bit of leadership to the group, and you know they should, they should be able to stabilize things. But this is not a, this is a team in transition up front. This is it a team is. that needs to get, find a way to get better at every position. Uh, they did sign. This was an odd signing. John Klingberg played for Dallas for a whole bunch of years. He's thirty years old now. Became a free agent, disgruntled with the offer from from Dallas. And he signed a one-year deal with with Anaheim. Anaheim. I, I I'm sort of scratching my head. Was this is him? like contract roulette. Was it him that also fired his agent right before he, he the agent wasn't bringing him something, and the guy just said, "You know what? That's it." And didn't he ended up here in Anaheim? Yeah. Unless I'm thinking of somebody else. But but I don't. I mean, unless he's got an insurance policy somewhere to protect himself from getting injured, that's a dangerous play for a player of that. Caliber. He's a he's a dynamite player. Yeah. It was a big minus last year. Fell off a little bit, but I I, I think one of the most sought after free agents on on the market. But he decides on a one year deal with him. I don't know. Maybe he likes to surf. I don't know. Yeah, hey, could be a beach um, guy. Who knows? You know. Cam I, Fowler will also play a big role back there as a veteran presence. Pretty good in the power play. And these are not young players, and neither is Kevin Shattenkirk, who's been around. I don't know six or seven different teams. Now he's now he's settled into Anaheim. It's a hot minute for him around the league, another journeyman. I do have the actual uh, Anaheim lines if you're interested in hearing we'll those. Let it quick. rip. All right, so line one is going to be Henrique, Zegris, and Terry. Line two will be McTavish, Strom, and Vetrano on that right wing. Uh, Comtois, Lundstrom, Silverberg on the third, and Jones, Grant, and Regenda on that fourth line for defense. Fowler and Drysdale will be unit one. Kulikov and Klingberg on two. And Boyu and Shattenkirk will take the third pair. John Gibson in net with Stolarz backing him up. Yeah, that's a that's not an overwhelming group group of defenders for me. I mean, it, it's serviceable, but it's not 
You know. It'll work for tonight, but moving forward, guys, yeah. <laughs> no, best of luck to you. I don't know if it'll work for tonight. I mean, that to me, that's if I'm Jim Montgomery in the locker room now, I'm saying attack. Get in as fast as you can get in because, first of all, they're tired, right? <laughs> uh, I would hope so after that tired. flight. <laughs> uh, and they, and they, have, uh, they have some older guys on the blue line. Oh, and Chad and Kirk will cough it up. You know, a couple of younger guys there, Drysdale, maybe he – he, I don't know how he's going to work out. He's a 20-year-old kid. And then you've got John Gibson in goal. And John Gibson, in my estimation, has never really lived up to his expectations. Now, the team in front of him hasn't been very good for a while now. But Gibson, you'll recall, I think, was sort of airmarked to be a top-end goaltender in the league. Had a couple of injuries, couldn't get out of his way, and, and then... He's just settled into a just another goaltender right now. And, yeah. uh, he can't be that for this team. I mean, going into this game tonight, he's got to expect to see an offense that's chugging along at 5.25 goals a game for. They haven't scored less than five goals in any of their first four games. And you'd have to expect you're going to see a barrage again. And so he has got to be number one star, in my opinion, for the Anaheim Ducks to win this hockey game. And I don't know if he's got that in him. Uh, he's going to have to stand on his head against a Bruins team coming off their first loss, and they're going to be looking for a solid W tonight, one way or the, the other. Solid, be the, it's a good word. You know, it doesn't have to be six, five, six, seven goals. And I'm glad they're playing better offensively. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But they can't. they can't play that way. And expect to win playoff rounds. They just—it's just going to be impossible for them. And in, in the course of a season, it's going to be—it's going to get ugly. But I put this squarely on Jim Montgomery's shoulders. When you see that, and you see it blowing leads repeatedly in the first four games, running around, not picking up your back check, you're—you're you're seeing two defensemen in the corner. You're seeing defensemen get beat one-on-one out of the corner. A Stutzel the other night bumped into Lindholm and ran over his borel and, you know, made a pass out front to a, for a slam-dunk goal. You can't, you can't get beat there. You just can't get beat there. And, and you need some help coming back from forwards who identify their back check. And, you know, that to me is what I'm clearly going to be watching for tonight. I'm confident the power play will be fine. I'm confident they'll get their opportunities to score. I'm just not sure what I'm going to see with this group in terms of a defensive mindset. And I think it should be – I hope it's clear to me that the coach drew a line in the sand with this team and said, okay, okay, you heard me on the offensive side. Now hear me on the defensive side and make sure – that you take these responsibilities seriously. I, I, I can only hope and pray that he's done that and done it in, since the last Ottawa game. Absolutely. Mike, we're in our last couple of minutes of the program here, and of course the uh, Ducks tonight, and then we're looking ahead at the Minnesota Wild visiting TD Garden for a matinee game on the 22nd, and then we're off until Monday the 25th for Dallas. So what do you expect out of the currently, uh, unless they, something else changed, 0-3-0 Minnesota Wild at this point? Well, they're off to a rough start. I mean, they were they were really getting, the Boo Birds were out in force in Minnesota. I, I 
I don't think anybody expected them last year to be as good as they proved to be. And I don't think anybody this year expected them to be as bad as they've proven to be. So I don't know what to expect from Minnesota. But it's not a team that's in sync currently, and I would think that the Bruins should be able to take advantage of that. I mean, I was looking at the power rankings in the league. Bruins, by the way, are listed as the seventh best team in the NHL today. I'll take it. I would take that, too, if I were them. I'm not sure that they are. Carolina was first, Colorado second, Calgary third, Rangers fourth. They've moved up. Dallas is fifth, Florida sixth, and then the Bruins. But It's pretty good company right there. Yeah, it is it. pretty good company. And they have, they have Vegas at 10, which I was kind of surprised at. They were hmm. kind of be... falling. And Tampa Bay has fallen all the way to number 12, Woo-hoo. which is how the mighty have fallen, right? And, and, and really, it's, it's you got to look at that and say, you know, they're right. And, and Edmonton, they have listed at 15 after their – one and two start. I think that's a little harsh in the grading department, but who am I to complain about harsh grading? Hey, you know, we're just a couple of Boston guys over here doing Boston things. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, Fine. So Minnesota, I just don't know what the heck is going to happen with them. It's a, it's a, you know, it's just a team that kind of befuddles me a little bit. And I, I, I thought after last year's run, I thought uh, Bill Guerin did some nice things, but um, – I didn't think they'd fall off the wagon here. I didn't think they were ready to charge for a Stanley Cup, but yeah, and didn't and think so far, 0-3-0 out of the gate either. That's just not right. what we thought. And Dallas has been, you know, we're looking ahead again. Dallas has come out of the gate pretty strong, and uh, I think Pete DeBoer is a good coach. I think he's going to do a good job for them. Um, not a Tyler Sagan fan. They paid him a truckload of money. I mean, several truckloads. Truck I mean, it's just amazing. I don't have faith that he'll be the guy the number one center that can lead them to a Stanley Cup. It's crazy. Maybe he's matured, maybe he's changed, but from what the guy I knew wasn't a guy that I was going to say, oh, man, I'm going to go to war with this kid. Final minute and a lightning round question. Real quick, I need your take. The Bruins and the league have have, uh, unveiled the reverse retro jerseys, the return of the Pooh Bear, but this time it's white. (laughs) I got to know what you think. I'm a traditionalist. I like the bee. I like the spoked bee. It's good enough for me. Put the panda on the wall in the office and let it, <laughs> let it stay there. I mean, it's cute, but it, I mean, it doesn't have the growl of a, you know, give me some fangs and some claws out. This is look like you want to pet it. Uh, <laughs> that's why they call him the Pooh Bear. <laughs> yeah. So that's my opinion on that. Put, put it back in the closet as soon as this season is over. Now they got to sell it. Of course, they, they do it so they can sell jerseys and make money. But uh, and I guess everybody around the league has already come out with their own version of a retro jersey. So yep. it'll be interesting to see some of them. But <laughs> Definitely want to check out the list. The Pooh Bear is it. not my favorite. <laughs> well, maybe you'll feel different about the San Jose, uh, California Seals. <laughs> That'll be another story for another day. Folks, you've been listening to Gloves Off Hockey live here on 1510 WMEX with your host, Mike Milbury. I'm Ben Rabinovitz. Absolute pleasure to be here with you as always. And don't forget to catch the podcast online at WMEXBoston.com. Stay tuned. Veterans Voice up next on 1510 WMEX.